The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the panel discussion, your home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, alongside, as always, Greg Knowlton. And we are excited because it is now the month of October, my favorite Ooh, month. Yeah. Spoopy. <laughs> spoopy. <laughs> it's my new favorite word because of you. Um, and yeah, like Halloween is like, it's the best month. I, I don't know what it is. It just goes hand in hand with comic book characters. Uh, Halloween is the best month. It really is. Halloween? The the month of Halloween? The month of Halloween, yes. (laughs) It's a Halloween month. (laughs) Don't you dare insult my my language. (laughs) The month of October is one of the best months. Uh, I personally like it a lot more than Christmas. Almost as much as Thanksgiving. Oh, no, not as much as Thanksgiving. No, more than Thanksgiving. Easter, all the uh, all those combined, because we, we get to be super creative here mm-hmm. uh, with the panel discussion. Last year, we did a Halloween-themed uh, episode, and now this month, uh, we want to do it all. Oh, yeah. Uh, all month long. A month long. All month long. Uh, you know, just themed books that relate to terror, horror, um, you know, between characters, storylines, uh you know, we're really going to let our creative juices flow. And uh, next week, we're supposed to have uh, our good friend Micah yep. of the Terror Trio. He's going to join us, and we're each going to we're going to do the old format. We're each going to pick two books and present them and and rate that. I'm really looking forward to it. I already started reading, and oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, that good, huh? Yes, I found some weird stuff. Good. So thanks I gotta... to a shout out to the card store and. Um, Chituaga. Okay. I was there. I had a $40 gift card for my birthday. Yeah, that's right. So I was dropping a bunch of money, but I was talking about the show and the the Spooptober, as I'm going to call it. And he, um, he had, like, given me a bunch of, like, different, like, horror books to read, so I hopped into a couple of them, and I'm, like, I'm loving it. Good. Is this a place where we can possibly record sometime? No, because his backlog is amazing. Oh, okay. So he has so much back issue, <laughs> it takes up the whole store, which that's, is great. That's a good thing. That is it's a good so thing. It's so awesome. There's not a ton of room because there's just so many books. And uh, it was, I like, I've been behind. I haven't bought, a, like, a, I've been pretty bad about, like, staying up to date on all my books. I was able to catch up on every run that I'm behind on. Venom, Carnage, um, what else am I reading right now? Fantastic Four, Green Lantern. Like, he had ev- everything that I've been staying pretty consistently that's been going pretty far in their volumes. He's had it all. Oh, wow. So That's good to hear, though. I only had to get one variant cover, and I love it, so it's fine. Good. <laughs> that's very good. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot planned. It's it's a good time to be, part, you know, following this show, uh, you know, without a doubt. And Greg chose two very excellent books for us to cover to kick off this uh, this month of horror, so to speak. and Spoopy month. Spooptober. Spooptober. <laughs> we got we have like five different names for this month. The month of Halloween, the month of October, Spooptober, Spooky Terror Month. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we can come up with some other stuff. But but yeah, Greg chose this week's books, uh, and they're I loved both of them. I thought they fit the theme perfectly. Um, they are Batman centric, and I think Joker, more so yeah. Joker centric, and it. Like I said, it just fits well because the Joker movie comes out this week, too. Yes. Uh, which we are both very excited for. It's a new take on the Joker. 
Um, I'm looking to see what Quan Phoenix's yeah. portrayal because I feel like every, with the exception of Jared Leto, every actor who's portrayed the Joker has left a special mark. Where yes. this is the new standard essentially. Um, Cesar think- Romero back in the day fit that '60s like happy go lucky, but. Yeah, no, he just fit the cartoony model. Like Jack perfectly. Nicholson fell in the middle somewhere of like Heath Ledger's and and Caesar's. Yeah, and... yeah, they you know, seemed to like evolve off each other. Yeah, and and yeah, you could definitely tell Heath Ledger took that dark side of Jack Nicholson's and made it something completely of his own. Uh, and then Jared Leto's was an abortion, but we won't. I don't know that. if that was his fault. I feel like his his laugh was solid. You're right. That is fair. And his it was very Mark mannerisms yep. were okay. Like, but it was adding the extra like juggalo feel to it that killed it for me and the writing wasn't the best like, no it wasn't that's that's a fair point uh, but regardless that era i think is is done and gone because uh, leto is actually moving on to play morbius yes. in the uh the sony universe oh yeah we can talk about that big oh. news this this past weekend with uh sony and marvel striking oh, a deal yeah. Not to go too far off topic but spider-man there's a tom holland Posted on, so good. on Instagram or Twitter, I think, like the the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio from Wolf on Wall Street going, "I'm not effing going, I'm not <laughs> and I love it. I didn't know about it until uh, uh, one of the wrestlers in the back just told me about it, and I, I oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> it pops yeah. me huge. It was so good. It was very well done on Tom Holland's part. I'm happy. Marvel got 25 percent of the cut. Yes, that's what the new deal is, and it's supposed to last at least one more, as well as a team up. A team up. So, um, and hopefully it can continue to grow from there. Um, And Spider-Man will be allowed to, the New Deal allows Spider-Man to appear in those other Sony properties, like Morbius, like... So exactly what we wanted in the first place. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all we really wanted. So we'll see him in Venom. We'll probably see him in Venom 2. I hope so. Which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, That makes me even that much more excited for, for a second Venom appearance. Like, how much... I don't know. uh, I'm doing. Sorry, I'm doing math. You're doing math. What is your math? What is so, the math you're doing? So Spider-Man, yeah, like twenty-five percent of one point one billion. Like you can't be upset with that. Like Far they shouldn't from Home be. grossed one point. And Feige's doing it too. Like, yeah, they got. They made out like bandits. Yeah, you're gonna be happy. You're gonna still get a lot of what you're getting. Like it's gonna continue to pushed the already saturated Spider-Man comic book world. Like, just, it's great. I'm happy with it. Like, maybe down the road they'll move up to, like, 35%, but uh, but but it's not a big deal. I think the percentage shouldn't put a... You shouldn't be able to put a price on, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Continuity. Creative flexibility. That, too. And, yeah. and continuity and all of that, where now, okay, we can have... we. You have so many options to put Spider-Man in all these other places. You would have lost a huge part of your universe had you let go. Massive part, man. I was like, I was so scared. Like that, that was like the worst week of my life. It was a lose lose for both groups because yeah. Sony would have had issues, Marvel would have had issues, and it was no fun for anybody. It, seriously, now all I need is Andrew Luck to unretire, and my the worst summer of my life will be undone. Uh, or or Jay Cutler <laughs> or the to to my, retire. That's true. That'll do too. The little that was my that was the worst. Probably the worst week of the worst summer of my life. <laughs> that was so bad. So that needs to be undone. But um, but yeah, let's get into. Is there any other news? Uh, I didn't share it last time, but on the DC side, we've got um, oh my gosh, Tom Welling, Erica Durrance, 
uh, the other Lois Lane, who I'm blanking on the name right now. We see, we saw Brandon Routh's Kingdom Come uniform, all for Crisis. <laughs> all for Crisis on the DC TV show, which, oh, that pumps me up. I'm super excited. I'm hoping we get some other characters. It's a lot of Superman right now. We got a couple Batman. Um, I'm hoping we get a couple other small possible crossovers. I wouldn't mind them seeing bring them bring back... Um, the actor who played the Green Arrow on, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking, on Smallville, but as Aquaman, because oh. he was Aquaman in the pilot. So I think that would be really fun. This is going to be such a great TV event. Um, so I'm hoping they do, uh, do bring in a lot of that. Apparently there were talks for a couple other characters and possibly trying to grab some of the characters from um, the streaming service, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, and I know... Rosenbaum, who famously played Lex Luthor and voices the Flash around all the animated stuff, did turn it down. Aww. But other than that, it just looks great. I'm super excited because of like a TV level endgame, <laughs> basically. Essentially, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> get much bigger than what they're putting together. This is actually, yeah. I mean, this is pretty unprecedented. Yeah, in a in a TV sense, five five different shows it's going to cross episode wise. So. It's going to be big. I mean, this is this is like, by TV terms, this is like King of Queens, Friends, what? Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, All I Just Having a Mother, How I Met Your Mother, and that 70s show having like this big epic crossover. I would get King of Queens far out of there. Why? It's not good. It is great television. You, like, give me like, I don't know. Seinfeld? Wait, did I say Seinfeld? Seinfeld is fine. Oh, okay. Or like the Martin Lawrence TV show. Oh, or like yeah. one of the Wayans brothers. Something. It's Cosby. No, not Cosby. Fresh Prince. But, yeah, <laughs> okay. Full House. Now I want this show. Just <laughs> the boss. I Growing Pains. Really didn't like King of, the Hill? King of Queens? Or King of Queens? No. Why? Because I don't really like Kevin James. All right, that's fair. I did try to watch his stand-up one time when losing weight, and I couldn't because all he does is talk about food. Yeah. But and, and um, I, I liked the girl who played his wife less. Wow. <laughs> I'm learning so much about you. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so let's get into our comic books. I think it's the next best step. Um, <laughs> before we fight. <laughs> before we fight over King of Queens and our Kevin James affection. Hey, uh, hey, if you fight anything like Kevin James in that MMA movie, yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um... All right, uh, Greg, since you have the older title, would you like to start this uh, Sure, off? ready to get confused, because I am. Me too. Um, we are reading, but it doesn't surprise me, we are reading um, Serious House on Serious Earth. It is an Arkham Asylum title um, written by Grant Morrison, which again, it shouldn't surprise you that it's confusing, because his brain just works really weird. He's everything I've read by him, which I, I love a lot of his stuff. I, I love his Green Lantern run, his Animal Man run. Um, his Doom Patrol run. Like, he's done a lot of stuff. He's very... Yeah. But he's known for being very weird. Um, but this book starts off talking about this, like, guy walking into an old house, and he's bringing up food um, to, I believe, his, his mother after his dad has died, and she's just, like, pouring... Like, beetles are just falling out of her mouth. He's like, are you hungry? And she's like, I've already eaten. And it's just very creepy visual, and then, and then it cuts these crazy scenes and he's thinking about like his dad dying and his mother's like turning into this terrible magical beast and then it cuts to um batman talking to gordon and there it's the joker's on the line at arkham asylum with a woman captured and they're requesting that batman shows up um, and they're just going back and forth and 
Joker starts to, like, drive a pencil into this girl's eye. And Batman, like, screams and, like, he, he says he has to go. So it, it cuts back to this other guy again talking about, like, I think this is where he's interviewing this guy who, like, was, like, raping women and then destroying their, like sexual parts and then killing them and like he's this is person's interviewing them and it's going all through their life it's this other person's mind i'll be honest i never caught on to who it was um and it keeps cutting back and then it's like a vision of the tunnel of love and a child like with someone's hand on their shoulder and then it cuts back to batman at the arkham asylum and there's this just terrifying like joker <laughs> this artwork for joker just unreal and his his text bubbles um and he's just talking to Joker, and like Joker's like April Fools. I never like cut out her eyes, and then I'm pretty sure he kills her <laughs> um, right after. And then like Batman and Joker are going back and forth, and Joker's now like showing him through Arkham, and like Joker is very sexual in this. It's weird. He like keeps like making like sexual innuendos at everybody. Yeah, I did catch that. And Batman like says things like "Take your filthy hands off me, you filthy degenerate." <laughs> Which I liked. Um, but Joker is just going through, like, and there's all these different people in Arkham. Really weird stuff. It's it's really hard to catch everything. Um, but you get introduced to this doctor, I believe it's Dr. Ruth, who's talking about how Joker is, like, doesn't actually even know what's going on in his head. That he's got this, like, almost like a a psychotic Tourette's essentially like he just does whatever comes to his mind and he has no control over himself. Um, and it's just talking about like today he's saying like, he's convinced he's possessed by, um, Baron Gito, the voodoo Loa, like going back and forth. And she's like, it's not his fault what he's doing. And Batman's like, literally like tell that to his victims. Um, and then it cuts over and they start like mentally examining Batman, like, um, showing him a picture and they're like, what do you see? He's like, I see nothing, and a, a bat, a, a picture of a bat, like flashes through his mind, and then they start like playing word association and saying all these things that have to do with his dad's death, and like Batman just starts screaming, like, like what do you see? Gun, like this, that, and he's like just like screaming, like stop! Eventually, like when he's realizing, like he's picturing his father getting killed, um, and it cuts back to the Angel of Michael, and like they're just like these two people standing over under a giant statue of him and someone drawing like pictures of demons and some weird stuff and like a it's really hard to catch yeah and like this is it she's like word association uh she says mother he says pearls handle revolver gun father father death and stop and he just starts like screaming and that joker's laughing in the background um he cuts back and forth and they start playing hide and go seek looking for Batman um, Joker kills a couple people <laughs> to make him play hide and go seek and it just gets really wild like there's this like rotting creature that's trying to touch Batman and I think it's supposed to be poison ivy um, there's some guy in a wheelchair that all of a sudden his wheelchair get, just gets shoved and he like dies and by Batman like he like kicks him out of the wheelchair and he falls um He's getting chased by like the scarecrow and the hatter and the hatter is more of like the on drugs like through the looking glass like uh this the caterpillar um, i can't think of his name right now and it is it just gets weirder and weirder and he comes across dr destiny 
And then all of these characters, and it's a longer book, and that's one of the reasons I'm not going into super detail, but it's also one like you can't digest unless you're reading it. He ends up fighting Croc and actually like using the, the spear from the Angel of Michael statue to fight Killer Croc off. And it it comes to like receive he receives a journal. And I believe it's supposed to be like the Joker's journal. And it just keeps getting wild and it like it's a very long book. Um and it ends with like Batman freeing everybody. And it like yeah, just is this like the flip of the coin and this flash of lightning and it just cuts back to this guy like who cares for you? You're nothing but a pack of cards. And he's like throwing cards on the ground and it ends. And it's super confusing. And I'll be honest, I don't understand it. Um, I'm, <laughs> it was very confusing. But I'm it... going to go back and reread this probably a handful of times because it's really interesting and I'm just trying to grasp what's going on. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you do have to read a few times to really understand it. It's um, also, this is a full, this book is probably like two to three issues of a comic book long, to be honest. Yeah. I think this is like a full volume, technically. Right. And that's part of the reason it's pretty confusing. But <laughs> um, let's hop into scoring. Artwork right off the bat, a 10. Yeah. It is this interesting watercolor artwork. It's very different. There's a lot of like art to live action, like almost style art cuts. It's very, very horror movie-esque. It's very crisp and like just the Joker's art the way they show him in batman is never more than just a shadow like he almost it's like batman isn't even real yeah you know i was really impressed by this artwork because right this book came out in 1989 yeah i don't know what it is about these 80s dc like batman books but they always look so far ahead of their time yeah and like i was very i would take that over a a generalized eight like late 80s Marvel yeah. book, like easily. Yeah. Who's the artist on this? Is That's, it Morse? No, Morse no, is the, the writer. writer. It is Dave McKean, which he's done other stuff before because I know that name. Like, because when we had Chris Chavez on this show, that um, cult he, book. Yeah. Man, the cult, yes. Uh, it was like late 80s, I mm-hmm. think, and really like advanced comic book art techniques. So, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I was amazed by it. Uh and I think given its its place in history when it was done, I think it, you know, it helps. If I can give it a 12 out of 10, I would. Yeah. Um but 10 perfect 10s for that. If you've ever seen the cover for Coraline um by Neil Gaiman, that was uh Dave McKean drew Coraline. That's how I knew it. Okay. Um and he did a whole bunch of other stuff, but he's yeah. It's and that's his his art style. It's very different. Um, he is an English artist, and that's part of it. But again, Grant Morrison's an an English writer, so right, right. that makes sense. Um, but yeah, art. There wasn't a crazy amount of action in this. No, it was very limited. Um, but there's a, this is where I get into that weird spot. I'm still going to give it an eight, okay? Because there's not action, but there's suspense. You know, there's that's not a fair the traditional point. like we and we've said this before with some of our books. There's not the traditional like. Um, fighting like fist fight stuff blowing up but there's this like feeling of urgency and suspense to get the arkham get through everything like getting away from these creatures that makes it feel action-packed even with all the dialogue so so i'm gonna give it an eight in that sense just like you wouldn't grade a horror movie on action you'd grade it on its suspense i'm gonna give it an eight okay that's fair um i think i'm gonna go just one step below you with a seven okay um 
you know, great point that you made. I tend to like the, the little more hands-on uh, stuff. That's just me. But, um, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. It was very suspenseful. You didn't know what to expect coming next. You know, it was that's yeah. the confusion aspect, big time. And just the art, again, drove that. Um, story. I'm going to give this story a six for the simple fact of, like, I'm sure it's really good, but I'm having a tough time understanding it in a way that's a bonus if you're patient and want to understand. But if you're just, some like, a casual reader, which I don't think this is a book for casual readers, um, you're not going to get it. Right. But I'm going to I'm gonna go six on this. You're going to go six? Yeah. Yeah. I th- think you made a good point. Like I said, there, I had to read it a couple times over to even slightly understand yeah. it. Uh, and I think that might actually be the only issue. It is. It's just it's, one, it's like, just 15... one issue, so... Yeah. And... Yeah, it was a little wild. So I can agree with you on the six aspect. That's, yeah, that's, we'll go with six. Dialogue, though, was a strong point. Dialogue's a killer. I'm going to give the dialogue an eight. Okay. The dialogue was really solid. Uh, I, like I said, I love um, all the dialogue. It's really good. But the Joker and Batman specifically, how Batman's dialogue was always in black, and Joker's dialogue is always in um always in this, like, red. Yeah, and it's not even in a bubble either, so you no. had to really try hard to read it. There's also this weird spot where I, it, I thought it was the Joker stabbing himself in the hand, but it's clearly Batman, and it's like his artwork. But it looks like it's the Joker, and I, I feel like that's on purpose, and that's one of the reasons I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the dialogue's great. There's all this stuff. There's a Two-Face line in here I really loved, where he's like looking at the moon, and he's like, it's so bi- beautiful. It's a big silver dollar flipped by God, and it landed scarred side up. You see... So like he's literally like th- like talking about like when the moon's up it's time to die. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it though. It was really creepy and really just a cool cool moment. I never like just... It was intense very intense language. Yeah. I'm going to go a 9 on that. Oh, awesome. Um I love when I can get Batman and Joker talking to each other. I agree. They have some of the best back and forth dialogue amongst each other in comic book history, and I think that's why they work so well together. Um I can agree with that. And like very easily, uh, a nine. Um, if if we did like decimals, it'd be like a nine point seven, like nine point seven five. Okay, fair, uh, that, fair. But um, I'm gonna keep it at a nine, not a perfect ten. Uh, I liked it though. It, like I said, they're back and forth. No matter what it was, one yeah. of the first comic books I ever read was Kings of Fear, uh, for yes. the show, and I they had a lot of dialogue going back and forth, and it was rather enjoyable. And yeah. it's happened many a time over. So yeah. And then rereadability. Rereadability is that's that's a solid nine as well because we had to, we have to, <laughs> but I'm encouraged to as well. Yes, so. I'm gonna agree with you on that. I actually think we technically balanced out to have the same score. Um, yeah, so let's see 10 plus seven, six plus nine plus nine, so 41 out of 50. Uh, very appropriate score for this. This yeah. string of books. So get, I mean, well, this book, it, go check it out. I mean, it's it's free online if you can find it in a shop. Give it, a, I mean, that's a that's a good score for us. It, yeah. it really is. It's different. It's really weird. If you like weird, if you like different, especially this month, it's what we're going to be doing a lot of. Um, if you like Batman but want to read it a different way, definitely check this book out. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this. And like I said, I love Grant Morrison, so that helped. But this art style is just so... Wild, and that's something Morrison's known for as well as having like good artists on his projects. Yeah, no, it was it was great. Um, 
All right, we're going to get into my next book. Uh, well, well, my book, uh, Batman and Robin from 2011, issue number 15, and the title of the book is Death of the Family. Well, it's, I think it's a storyline. That's a sole storyline, yeah, it's um, very good. It starts off with Damian Wayne. This is the first time I've ever, uh, you know, kind of read a, him as Robin storyline. I, I really don't know. I know, I know, shame on me. Um, Dick Grayson's always been my Robin. I love uh, Damian Wayne because he's so different. Yeah, and like it took me a while to get it that he was actually Batman's son, and like I'm looking at him now, and I'm like, oh, he looks like Bruce Wayne. Uh, everything starts to make sense. Uh, but he's watching a surveillance video of the Joker attacking Alfred, and uh, but Batman wants him to stay. Batman's actually out with some of the other uh, like Batgirl, I think Red Hood, and um. Who's the other one? The rest of the Bat family. Pretty much the rest of the Bat family is what we'll go with. And then he's talking to the dog. He's got to watch the place because, uh, you know, so the, the Joker doesn't come and invade because Alfred's not around. Um, so, yeah, he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to seek out Alfred. I want to save him. Uh, and ends up going to the zoo and he comes across some uh, some wild, like, dogs. I, I think they're uh, hyenas. And he ends, he ends up battling. It's a really cool, like, little scene, too. I really love. Like, the art's going to get a really good grade for me on this one. But um, but he, he's like, oh, I hate the zoo. He fights the hyenas. He breaks into this location, or actually falls through a location, and he's kind of, like, hanging. I don't know. It's, it's a little strange. Uh, he, like, there's a bunch of birds around him. And then he wakes up, and he falls out of an egg. It's the wildest thing. And Joker's just hanging there. And this is probably the most dis- like disturbing Joker I've ever seen. His face is upside down. Like, the skin of his face is upside down. He's looking through where his mouth, uh, where the mouth is opened up at. He's got teeth where his eyes should be. It's incredibly disturbing, but I love it. But he falls out of this egg, um, and Joker's just toying with him. Uh, you know, just really messing with him. Uh, throws him in a cage full of, like beetles and like different sorts of bugs and stuff. There's just just a lot going on. And actually, I'm actually really impressed with this you know version of Robin, Damian Wayne. He's holding his ground and he actually gets a headbutt on the Joker, which uh, which is kind of funny. He knocks his face, his like face comes off a little bit. And I, well, I don't know why. Is is there a reason why his face is like this? He cut his own face off. He cut his own face off to make people think he was dead. <laughs> It was part of the the Endgame storyline and a bunch of stuff, yeah. Oh, my God. I miss so much. Yeah, this is, like, disturbing. But he's laying on the ground, and, yeah, he's just literally toying Did you catch his jumpsuit? I did. I did. Uh, Joe, right? Joe Chill. Joe Chill. Who killed Batman's parents. (laughs) Apparently, I didn't catch it as well as I thought I did. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah, this was just... Just an insane book. Um, yeah, just just really really messed with him. Yeah, he th- this is where he throws him in a cage where he's got a bunch of bugs on him, and again just more back and forth. The and bugs then, are like crawling out of his like Joker's face, which is like oogie boogie from Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. This book was terrifying. I thought Greg's book was 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 scary. This one was horrifying uh, because Damian Wayne is re- is really on the young side. Um, you know, a lot of gall to kind of go after him, but. This Joker is something like I've never seen before, but it ends up with with uh, Damian Wayne looking at his dad, Batman, that has contracted the uh, oh, what is that virus? It, it's, it's some kind of uh, they got it right here. Uh, oh, the Joker venom, the Joker venom. He's 
got him and uh, stand face to face, and that's the end of the issue. Um, wow is all I got to say. That was such an excellent choice. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, this was a good book for Damian Wayne, I think. He looked really good in this. Like, I appreciated his character a whole lot. Like I said, this is the first time I ever read Damian Wayne Robin. And he went out, he, you know, trying to be a hero, doing the right thing, trying to save, save Alfred. And unfortunately, they just kind of end up outnumbered. And, you know, it's, it's a psychological thriller, I think is the best way to describe it. Yes. Uh, you know, Joker does a really good job of that. And yes, this is the darkest version of the Joker that I've ever read, um, personally. I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, let's get into the to the review portion. Let's grade it. First off, artwork. Uh, that's easily a 10 for myself. I'm a sucker for good artwork. And this was some of the finest modern artwork I've seen. The detail uh, was very visually impressive. They yes. didn't half-ass anything when it came to drawing this book. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the Joker... His style was just amazing. The cover was like simple. Like if you look at the cover, you had no idea what you were in for no, when you open this book. Not it's like white with with Damian Wayne's face as Robin, and you go into the book and it's all like dark and gloomy. It's like yeah. a total one eighty. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go a ten on the artwork. Oh, I'll, I'll sit at a ten on that as well. All right, action. Uh, action was minimal in this, but I think to Greg's point uh, in the last book, the suspense was there. You didn't know. I was sitting this and this book, you know, sitting reading this book, like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? What's Joker going to do? Uh, he's got him right where he wants him. He yeah. could gut him like a fish. He could do whatever he wants with him. Uh, but he just continued the torture aspect. And then when you know, obviously nothing came of it yet. But when Batman comes up, when he's infected with that Joker virus, you know, that's that was about as suspenseful as suspenseful as it can get. Uh, so I'm going to go with seven. I'm going to go with seven. I was going to sit as a seven as well. Perfect. So Great mind, sick alike. Yeah. Um, story. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic story. Uh, you know, like I said, a good good case for, for Damian Wayne. Uh, you know, starting off, hey, you got to guard the bat, the mansion. And he goes out, wants to save Alfred because it's the right thing to do. And... You know, unfortunately, it doesn't work out in his favor. But as far as a story goes, I'm going to give it an I'm going to give it an eight. Well, I was actually going to go nine. Go nine, story. okay. Wow. All right, very good. Uh, dialogue. Dial. See, the Joker to me is more, probably one of the best talkers in comic books. Yeah, he is so like it's like educated and articulate and confusing. Yeah, I don't know. He just hooks you. I'm like, like Joker, Doctor Doom, Flash, Spider Man in that order. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite like dialogue. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I just <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, there's some like word bubbles that like I, if I'm reading through books, sometimes I'll like glide through a word word bubble real quick. But with the Joker, I want to sit and read everything. Yeah, I, I want to sit, t- read it again to make sure I know what's going on. And sometimes even when you read through again, you have to. You catch stuff that you didn't see before, yeah. and I think you know, like, well, because it it seems just like blabber, like in an incoherent blabber sometimes, but it's not. Yeah, I'm gonna go ten on the dialogue. Um, I'm gonna go ten on the dialogue as well. Perfect. Um, and then rereadability. Would I pick this book up again? Oh yes, I would. This was, this is, a, I'm a, I'm a little mad at myself that I never read it prior to this. Uh, 
I would read the whole Death of the Family storyline. Yeah. And the Endgame storyline. You'd love them both. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, so rereadability factor, I'm going to go 9. I'm going to go 9. Uh, I'm going to sit at a 9 as well. That's All right. pretty even par. I think I have one above you on this. Yes. So let me do the math here. Yeah, it's starting to rain out. Let's I'm wearing see. flip-flops. You are, aren't with you? With socks on, because I'm a shooby. Oh, you're in trouble. 9 plus 10 plus 9. 45 out of 50, so excellent finish here. Mine was um, a 46 then, or did you have No, this was yours. Uh, so mine was a 44, excuse me. Mine was a 44, yours was a 45. Um, so so there is that. That is our first reading for the month of Spooptober. Spooptober. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed Panel spoop discussion. <laughs> Panel spoop discussion. Spanel spoop cushion. We'll, we'll work on Spanel it. Spanel spoopshin. I have a cushion. What? Uh, <laughs> But, but yeah, everybody, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, just stay tuned. The, the best is yet to come for this month. I can tell you, this is a great way to kick it off. But uh, I'm excited to see what we got in store for you. Ooh. <laughs> Happy Spooktober, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.